Welcome everyone to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast, SB Nation's Chelsea Bog. We Ain't Got No History's new podcast. This is our third episode. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I am joined by my fellow host and, as I love to call him, Youth Master, Ram. See, Ram. you got got to stop calling me that. Uh, you, it's the truth, but we'll get into that later, baby. Uh, and today we are joined by, on the one hand, our well-known writer and Brazilian football expert, Felipe Miranda. <laughs> He loves to call uh, other people at first, like, you know, put them in the spotlight. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I try my yeah, best. here I am speaking my broken English as always, or trying not to speak my broken English. Uh, <laughs> but it's a pleasure as always to speak with you and talk to my fellow uh, We Ain't Got No History writers. Yes, and today is also the first time that we have invited a user from the We Ain't Got No History community, as we will want to do more frequently in the future. And he's now known as Robert Hansen. I'm going to be calling him Simon, as he has been known for such a long time. Simon Gabriel, hello. Hello, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some stats uh, fly around today. That's what I'm hoping for. There have been a few. I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Um, I actually don't have a lot up at the moment, but I will, uh, I'll try. So We will be talking about quite a bit today. There, it was an eventful week since our last episode, um, which was about the dreadful Manchester United game. We've played Liverpool in the Super Cup uh, during the week, and yesterday we drew against Leicester City. We will be concentrating more on the latter. So... I want to ask straight out to all of you, how was your week as Chelsea fans? Bit of a mixed bag for me myself, but as the first guest of our community, let's start straight away with Simon. How, how, how was your week as a Chelsea fan? You know, it, it was obviously tough after the United match. Um, that, was, that was hard. Uh, the Liverpool match uh, showed some promise. Showed some uh, some hope that maybe you know we were gonna rise better than it looked, and then I, I feel like we regressed a bit against Leicester. So uh, you know, a bit of an up and down, unfortunately. Hmm. 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 Okay. Um. For me, it was obviously a mixed bag because against Liverpool, I thought we were much better than I expected or anyone ex- expected. To be fair. Because I'm pretty sure Felipe was expecting us to get thrashed like 4-0 or 5-0. <laughs> Don't bother disagreeing because I know it's true. But, be fair, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, I think we absolutely outplayed Liverpool during the midweek. And it was pretty cool to see. It was also pretty weird how they were playing without any midfield. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Lampard really wanted to win in midweek. Even though it was just, you know, a glorified European community shield. But I think he really wanted to win, and so he put out a stronger team than he should have. And I think we felt the effects of 120 minutes in Istanbul um, mm. and, and a gap of like uh, three or four days between the next game. So I think that we picked up where we left off against Leicester, but then we went downhill pretty badly. But I'm not too down in the dumps. So, yeah, I mean, what about you, Felipe? I I mean the same wavelength. I'd say I you know the United match was like very unfair given what we what we showed. We we showed a lot of promise in those initial minutes, and then came the that goal from then, and you know we just trailed off to a loss, which was very unfortunate. Uh, but you know I mean to be quite honest, uh, I, I already expected a rough start for uh, Lampa, especially when you consider not just that, you know, we didn't have a transfer window to make adjustments, to make upgrades, but also because he's a new manager. He's just learning the ropes. He's learning on the job, basically. So, you know, you said about, you, you said uh, the thing about uh, Liverpool, the match, uh, the midweek match, you know, you're traveling to Turkey, you're you're going. You're, you're expected to play. You know, if at most 120 minutes of match of a match, and you do that, and you select the, your strongest team, and you know, 
as you said, it's a it's a it's a glorified friendly. So uh, I I think that there was a, a bit of a of, of a bit of a, a misadjustment there. You know, he could have you know uh, saved a few of his players like uh, I don't know Kante and maybe other other key players who are very important for us, who would be very important for us against Leicester, who didn't perform as well as they did uh, as they could. Uh, against Leicester and Leicester was was basically you know uh, it went as, as as I expected. I mean I wrote part of the preview for the game uh, today for the for the blog well, the, for the game uh, last week for the blog and uh, reading uh, uh, Rob's uh, tactical preview. Uh, he basically voiced what I uh, what I already thought about Leicester. They are one of those teams who are wanting to project themselves as one of the Nets top seats. Uh, contenders or top four contenders so they are very dangerous they have a very strong midfield and we just weren't very suited for that we were like lucky in some in some some aspects to come out of that game with a, with a one one draw i think it was mm -hmm. very very you know ups and downs and mostly downs uh, that we that we saw you know i mean that's a good point that you make there because i like to Oh, I myself came up with a stupid wordplay, more or less, that it was like a first-half blitz versus a second-half blip. Because, <laughs> I mean, we really, really steamrolled them in that first half. It was tremendous. Yeah. You know, I, I loved watching that. I mean, got topped off with Mason Mount scoring a goal, and we will talk about the Mason Mount show a bit later. But uh, the team generally, they pressed up high. They pressed in numbers. They did not let Leicester have a second on the ball and it was fantastic to see of course one can't keep that up for the entire game but I would yeah. have expected a bit more than 15 minutes because Leicester was able to do the exact same to us for a longer period of time mm -hmm. in the second half and I think that is something that Frank Lampard will have to work on because that second half blip that we saw was also already the case against United when we completely mm -hmm. collapsed in the second half there so and if, if we're completely honest, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that was often a theme last season as well. I mean, those very, you know, scary first minutes after the team came out of the came out for, se for the second half, you know, where we conceded like multiple goals for a while. That was that was atrocious. And I mean, it's not as bad, of course, at the moment, but still something to worry about. And I don't know. You know, there there were a lot of positives from both games this week, or last week, excuse me. But I think this common theme of playing well and then playing less well, or, you know, just only one half really playing well, that is something that worries me. I mean, Simon, what, what, what do you think? Well, with respect to last season, as you pointed yeah. out, you know, for whatever reason, we're not making good adjustments coming out of the, the halftime talk. Other teams are adjusting to us, and we're not. I think also, over the last couple of seasons, we just don't have a lot of leadership on the pitch. Yeah, So, you know, we make we make mistakes, we let up a goal, we get a little down, and there's, there's no one out there really rounding the troops, getting morale back up, giving that reassurance, and it starts to snowball. You know, and, and especially against Leicester, we just, we, we over, we overplayed a lot. We overpressed a lot. We, we just weren't in sync, uh, from back yeah. to front. I threw a bunch of screenshots with some analysis up on an article and you can see our midfield kept going either too far forward or too far to one side or the other mm -hmm. and just leaving us completely exposed. And, and Leicester at halftime seemed to make the adjustment for that and Good just point. kept taking advantage of it over and over again. Yeah, and you know, part of that I think is with Frank Lampard being a new coach, a new manager. He's still learning those adjustments. He's still learning to read what's happening and make those decisions on the fly. You know, we tried to bring in a pivot with Kovacic, didn't help. You could see at times even the pivot got completely shifted to one side. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because there's so much emphasis on that pressing, but we never maintained that good compact shape after about the. Uh, especially in the second half. And 
and for a good portion of about 15 minutes in the first half. And I, I think that was really, those are the biggest issues for me. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, very much. Uh, uh, that change was pretty demoralizing for, for me personally, uh, because the team just didn't uh, recover from that and wasn't able to adjust. Was that mm-hmm. up to Frank Lampard, you think, Phil? Felipe? Yes. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, no, I just I was just thinking about what uh, what Robert uh, pointed out here, mm. which is something that I had thought about, which is like uh, you know these problems have been carried out from preseason because we had seen these problems in preseason. One of the things that I was thinking about before we we we, we began recording was the Gladbach match, uh, the the preseason match where the the team was like very very good in their attacking attacking build up and their attacking movements but when it came to def- to defense there were these imbalances that robert pointed out like uh, the the team simply lacked like a uh, uh, defensive uh defensive structure you know we didn't have much of that with sahi i'd say i i, I never liked the, the way sahi's sahi team defended uh, we had a, a lot of that. We counted to a degree that some think uh, we were hurting. I disagree, but nevertheless. Uh, but with Lampard thus far, it, it looks like he's focusing too much on uh, this proactive, on this uh, high-tempo football, which is good for you know these 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 moments of uh, these 15, 20, 25 bursts that you want to get a two, one or two goals to build up a lead as soon as possible. But uh, when it comes to you know slowing down the tempo and uh, you know taking more time with the ball and uh, and and uh, and uh, like hold the ball, you know we aren't able to do that. Uh, I was I was uh, looking at some stats, first off stats, but we were 50-50 in possession and we had like less than 80% of passes completed, which is crazy for a team like Chelsea, which average even under Conte, which you know he isn't a, a, a he wasn't. Uh, uh, very, very uh, primed on uh, keeping bo- the ball as much as Sahi, for example. And uh, he had like 85% com- completion, and Sahi had close to 90 or more than 90% throughout the season. And we were, I feel like we we are uh, cutting on this on this aspect of our game, which is you know being a big team, which is setting tempo and playing and playing. Uh, 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 how could I say it? Being superior to a side like Leicester. And we are just, you know, leveling the field for them. We are playing their game. We're playing that high-tempo game where they thrive, which is, in my view, which is not the way to go. He, uh, in, in my view, it's one of the adjustments that he needs to, to do to, uh, to cut on these uh, traumatic uh, 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 losses and, and, uh, and draws, you know. Because you can't play like that every game, uh, especially when you come from a two-hour match against Liverpool, when you come from a devastating loss against United. You know, contain yourself. Uh, play the ball. Play with the ball. Don't don't be a a, a very attacking side every time. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ram, you know what? Um, I think there are two things that are happening pretty clearly over here, or two things that we could see pretty clearly against Leicester. One thing is. One thing is we definitely got tired because our intensity in the first 15 minutes, uh, it's even been documented by the expected threat metric I was talking about last time, mm. where uh, it, it measures the, you know, the, the quality of positions we got the ball into, even though they might not have directly resulted in shots. It works off the probability of you know, those positions being turned into shots or turned into a threatening action, basically. So the threat that we generated in the first 15 minutes um, was unmatched by either team throughout the whole duration of the game. And, you know, Leicester, Leicester didn't generate as much consistent threat either. That was, it was mostly just down to us being bad. So one thing was we, we started off, we were flying. We probably should have scored, you know, maybe two more goals. There was there was one there was one mount shot that got you know parried and maybe Pulisic could have had a goal on another day, and there was that chance where Giroud laid it off superbly to Kante, and maybe that could have gone in on another day. So yeah, that's true. So, so listen, um, it, it, when when I think about Lampard's Derby County, <laughs> the 
considered first a lot, you know. Um, they considered first in several games throughout the throughout last season, and they actually came back to win on a good number of, of occasions. And I mean, r- right from their first game against Reading to that game against Leeds United, so it, it's not as if we are suffering from the same problem as we were under Maurizio Sarri, which was, you know, something would just happen after halftime and we would completely drop off if we had an impressive first half. I don't think that that is the case. I think the case is more that we are suffering with respect to team cohesion. And I was I was reading an, an article on The Athletic today on, oh, on Frank Lampard's first week at Chelsea. And it talked about how Lampard has allegedly told his players that he wants to get the plan A right. He really wants to get the plan A right. And, you know, plan B and plan C can come later. This, this might be a controversial stance, but that's what he has apparently told the players. That plan B and plan C can come later, but plan A has to be, they have to be bloody good at it. So, one thing is that Leicester is a lot more cohesive than us as a team because they've been under the same manager for like more, more, than, more than six months at least. And they've had a preseason. And we are very new to the style of play. Let's not forget, this is not Sari ball. It's, it's a lot more vertical, a lot more direct than Sari ball. And it's it's not fair to say that since we were playing a loosely similar style of football last season, then uh, we should be pre- prepared to play this. So it's it's very much a betting in period, and maybe Lampard is naive to not you know change things up like maybe Nuno Spirito would, or maybe Jose Mourinho would. But it will take time, and I think as long as positive indications are there, as long as we can see that progress is being made, then we should be okay. Hmm. 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 Would would you all agree with that? <laughs> I mean, like I, 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 I can see Ram's point, but it's something that I, I have to keep in mind. He's new. He's, 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 his only test thus far was the championship. He made the jump from the championship to the Premier League to a big club in just one season. Uh, he's very experienced as a player, but that's not the case as a coach. His coaching team even are very inexperienced, which is another inexperienced, which is another uh, factor in my view as well. Like he, if he had Stevie Holland next to him instead of Jody, Jody Morris, maybe the things would would have been a bit different. Uh, I mean, I know that we are all excited about uh, Lampard, but I, I'm I'm always the, the guy who will who will put the brakes and say, wait a bit, don't be too excited before you know you. You fall with your <laughs> with your face on the ground. Uh, I know what just... you're saying. I know what you're saying. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I can see, I can see your points, but I want to see that side of his of adjustments and uh, learning from mistakes sooner. You know, the, the the one of the things that I didn't point out that I wanted to just moving back, just going back to the Liverpool match, which is the 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 the, the setup that he he had against Liverpool. To me, that that is the kind of setup that we have to 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 play more often. Even against sides like Leicester, even if on paper we are better than them, uh, uh, we have to you know uh, respect them as well. But uh, uh, I think we have to be a bit uh, a bit uh, more like uh, I'd say like Mourinho, for example, which is that that kind of adaptability that. If you have you approach the match one way, if you have these kind of players, if you have uh, this kind of uh, opponents and etc. Uh, I don't I don't want a guy who has just a plan A, a plan B, or then play C. I want him to have all of these plans ready at uh, at the ready, and uh, and I want him to to you know drill his players to perform them uh, as well as they can. Which is something that Mourinho does, which is something that Conte does, which is something that most of the top coaches out there do. Uh, do. And uh, I want to see that aspect aspect of him. Maybe I'm asking too much, but that's what I want from a Chelsea coach, you know, from a, a coach from in a, in a top club. I can't I can't accept anything else. That's my point of view. That's my standard. I also feel that uh, you know, given that he was in the championship last year, and as Ram pointed out, they came back on a lot of matches. Um, but I think you've got to be careful taking a very strong, aggressive pressing side yeah. in the championship and bringing it right to the Premier League. And this isn't a knock on the championship, but it doesn't have the talent level. It doesn't have the sheer speed and quality that the Premier League does. Yeah. And time and again, we pressed hard. We got exposed. 
And Leicester is a good side. They're not a bad side. But they're, you know, they still repeatedly got into space and just sliced us open. And, you know, to, to Fell's point, getting that, that compactness at times and then selectively applying that press, I think is far better than trying to press all the time. Yeah. I mean, you see so few teams in Europe playing that, that aggressive pressing style. You know, Dortmund's one. But they're mm. loaded. They're so loaded at talent, and they've been doing it. And and I think I think Lampard's just got to be a little more cautious at times and more selective. Yeah. Or teams are. I mean, sure, we could have scored a few goals early on. That's obvious. But in that second half, Leicester could have scored four or five. Yeah. They took a lot of shots that and made some bad decisions, and it could have easily gone the other way. Mm. I don't Good know. Point. Yeah. So. Okay, now that we've you know dissected most things in the match, let's move on to <laughs> my favorite Chelsea player, Mason Mount. Who were the four? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so obviously in in the most poetically beautiful fashion, he scored the first goal of the Lampard era at Chelsea. You know the first the first Premier League goal at home at Stamford Bridge. So. Yeah, I I thought uh, my personal opinion on his performance was it was all right. It wasn't it wasn't brilliant or anything. It was obviously excellent and so typical of him to uh, score in the manner that he did. But I felt that he dropped off a little as the game went on, and obviously it didn't help that the team dropped off as well. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on Mason Mount's display. So. <laughs> Simon, what do you what do you think? Uh, my take on Mount, and I, and I literally I just finished rewatching the match this morning, so I've I've got oh. a, a nice analytical perspective from being able to dissect it versus having my kids in the background while I watched it live. Right? <laughs> um, he was eager, he was excited, he was great. I think he was a little nervous, which is obvious. You know, in first match. Premier League, it's home, it's at the Stamford Bridge, it's Chelsea. He pressed really well. Uh, his goal was that brilliant moment of opportunity, snuck mm-hmm. in behind Ndidi, steals the ball, gets the shot, fantastic. Also, though, he overpressed at times. He exposed our midfield a little bit doing that, a little, which is, again, to be fair, he's excited about that pressing, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got to, and this isn't just on him, but in general, our midfield, we've got to work on that rotation. You know, if the ball's on the right side, he's on the left, he's got to play back. That wasn't happening that much. A lot of people were confused thinking it was a 4-2-3-1 because Mount was almost consistently high and drifting central. Um, but it wasn't. It was a 4-3-3 until we brought Kovacic on. Uh, he got five shots. No one else in the team got more than two. But he's also opportunistic, right? He had the opportunity to shoot partly because he was so high and so open from the pressing. Um, had a great shot with a header. Probably should have made that one or done better at it, but that's okay. I mean, it's, it's a free shot there as the head. The shot that it got blocked could have went in as well, but, again, that's good defense. Uh, uh, so, he, I mean, he could have had a hat trick in the first half, right? That's true. Which is, which is great, but we've got to see him have that resolve and that, uh, that patience a little more maturity to also defend when he needs to and, and be there for the rest of the team instead of just getting excited and pressing high, right? The, I thought he did fine. I thought he did a good job. I think in terms of overall team contribution, I think he did a little bit more. And he also had no no uh, chances created. That's concerning when you take five shots and you're a midfielder. So I'm, I'm a on a 1-10, to 10, I'm like a 7-2, 7-3. So, mm. I mean, but but listen, the, wait, the, can, the, can the can overriding. Just... Okay, yeah, okay. So, sorry, can no I just yeah. add something yeah. to that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Regarding the uh, chances that he did have, I mean, considering his age, and I, you did say as much, but just emphasize that, you know, he would if he would have put that header in either side of the goalkeeper, it would have been a goal. Obvious right. and um, yeah. having the composure in that moment—that is something that takes time. Not even 
you know, matured professionals have that kind of composure in front of goal when and it was a terrifically, uh, I think it was Pedro who crossed it in, right? Yep, yep. And he yeah. was standing, it was brilliant. He got to stand right on his feet, nice mm. level. I agree. He's young. I wasn't trying to imply that he should have scored it. I just meant that, boy, that was a great chance, right? Mm. So No, no. I, I, that, that's why I said also, I just want to emphasize, because I know you said as much. Um, I just want to say again that I think that he's even getting in those positions and something which I am absolutely loving because we, we I already said this in, I think, both podcasts, but we've been missing this for such a long time. And these shades of Frank Lampard, it's just terrific. I know we're not getting the results at the moment, that, but that we at least have someone who is doing exactly that, no matter if he's being overhyped from certain sources. I mean, probably I, I myself also am possibly putting too much pressure on him to succeed now as his promise is evident you know we, we i didn't have a lot of expectations from this season i thought he might be just a squad player why was i wrong already now so of course yeah the same with hudson die last season one just puts the uh, you know all the expectations and the hope which you know we need because hazard's gone into this player now i just hope that with hudson doy coming back and also reese james that they can share this you know divide it up among them so that they can flourish from basically the the um expectations we're putting in our youth to drive chelsea on hopefully tammy too yeah yeah good point good point yeah as well and 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 by the way um just just a note on Mason Mount's composure. Um, I actually think that I've seen I've seen a lot more in him than yeah, play, other players of his age, because like even if you're talking about the finish that he made against Leicester, right? He was it was a pretty tough one to make considering that he was under pressure from Indiri and he was also falling down, and he scored a very similar goal against Leeds United at Ellen Road in the playoff semi-final. And oh. that, that is a massive, massive pressure situation. So mm-hmm. he's, he's actually, I mean, a lot better than maybe, maybe some, some things might be like, and also an order on Tammy Abraham, you know, just, just I, I saw so much, it's all obviously been well-documented. I mean, sadly well-documented uh, as to how much, you know, uh, hate, he's been getting from some some minority of the fans but it's just it's important to remember that he is literally three games in to his chelsea career out of which one was like for 20 what 20 odd minutes the fact of the matter is all his career even though it's a championship level even if it's a premier league level he's been getting into the right positions and if he keeps getting into the right positions he will score that it, and, yeah. and and for what it's worth, I thought his hold-up play was just fine when he came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually better than I I saw at Man United, and even at Liverpool, he was I, I mean he was he was holding his own against Van Dyke. So I mean I don't know why Abraham gets all this, you know, championship at best kind of thing. Like at least see him over an extended period before making that judgment. But anyway, we we were talking about Mason Mount. So, Fell uh, <laughs> Fell, I I wanted to ask you. I mean, do you think Mason Mount is is going to be like you've seen you've seen that news news excerpt that keeps popping up in articles where he tells his dad that he's going to be the first first one to to like um, follow follow the path that John Terry John Terry mm-hmm. laid out for the rest of the kids. So, fell fell. Do you think that Mason Mount is going to fulfill the words? We shall see. I mean, yeah, we shall he, see. But what do you? Think? We shall see. But I mean, he was. <laughs> he was he, yes, he was one of the. He was one of the highlights from preseason. That's a given. Uh, he was very solid throughout preseason. I even said that with a uh, within a or group or or we ain't got no history group. Uh, I mean, he's. I I I, told, I I said this as well and I said this in private to uh, other people. I think he is the closest thing we got from Oscar. Who is uh, I mean, Oscar was very inconsistent, but during that time when he was at the at the top of his game, he was just you know brilliant. And I think Mount can be a very good uh, emulation of Oscar, but he needs to play in Oscar's position. He needs to play 
in Oscar's role. And that means not playing in central midfield, but actually as an attacking midfielder from the central attacking midfielder. Because you see how, you know, the, the Robert made the point that he was playing from midfield. He was in a, you, you were in a 4-3-3, but you see how uh, he basically plays as an attacking midfielder. So he breaks the shape of the midfield. So if we are to play Maison Mount, we shouldn't constrain him like a central midfielder. If you are, if, I think if you are, we are to draw the most out of mounts or draw the most out of a, a 4 free free setup the 4 free free demands like Kovacic, uh Kante and Jorginho and the 4 2 3 1 demands mounts in this in this in the middle you know in this at, at, attacking midfield position where Oscar was brilliant and where mount can also thrive i think I th I think he would did well in those initial minutes, but as Robert pointed out as well, he was breaking our shape. That's the that's a problem. I don't want a, a central midfielder who will break our shape. You know, unless you're a Kante and Kante, he's disciplined enough to know when to drive forward and when to get back and when to win challenges. Mount does not do that properly. Kovacic does that not as good as Kante does, but Mount does not. So uh, I think I think he has a bright future. I think he, he can be, as I said, a, 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 the next Oscar and a much better Oscar, even you know more uh, more consistent and etc. But he needs to play in Oscar's position. So I, I'd like to see Lampa like uh, taking lessons from Mourinho and you know seeing how uh, how uh, Mount can be like that player. And be just as instrumental to Chelsea, but he needs to be in his in his right role, in his right position, and he does he he doesn't need to be curbed by you know playing outside of his strengths. His strength is not playing central midfield. I think. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, if we're we're talking about positions and. Uh... I don't want to say rising stars now because he's not necessarily a youth player anymore. No, he definitely isn't one anymore. Um, I don't want to break the topic of Mason Bell, but looking at our time, we want, of course, also look at other players that have been phenomenal for Chelsea. And just to end off the Mason Mount topic, I agree with the sentiment that one has to be careful. And I think the why one has to be careful also for this next person is that we've often had high hopes for players and after some initial good games they then dipped in form uh there are a lot of names that one could uh refer to here most prominently <clears throat> william but we're not going to bash him the here i want to talk only positively about emerson i've advocated for him for a long time ever since we bought him, because I watched him at Roma before he had his injury, and I was completely um, in love with him. Really, I was. He, the guy is absolutely brilliant. He's a fantastic player, and he's showing how good he can be when he's the starting left-back um, under Frank Lampard. I, I'm not sure about his statistics. Um, haven't looked at them yet, but for me, he's one of our best attacking players. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and he's given defensive solidity. At least that's my feeling when he is going up against someone on uh, on the, his left or on the opponent's right wing. Um, so, would you would you guys agree when I say that Emerson could actually be one of the star performers of Chelsea's team this season. Uh, let's start with, with Simon. I definitely think so. Um, I've, I've been big on Emerson as well as soon as he got here. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch him when he was at Roma. I've gone back and watched it. Um, funny enough, I actually wrote an article on left-backs before we signed him, and I had oh. a pass on Emerson just because he was hurt, right? Um, but ever since he's yeah, been yeah. here, I've wanted him to play because I, I, I dug in once we, uh, once we sign him, then you, know, you learn about him, right? Uh, he's great going forward. He's good at the ball at his feet. He gets that wide space like a Sandro. Um, he's a good crosser in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, I think he's just finally finding his feet. 
you know, he, he didn't really play much last year, and it was Europa competition mainly. You know, he got a little bit of a run in there in the, in the Premier League, but it was still so sporadic. You know, I just don't think he had those, uh, you know, sea legs, if you will, for uh, finding consistency and finding a comfort level. But I think he's getting that this year. I mean, three matches, we haven't seen a sniff of Alonso, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and since you mentioned stats, I pulled him up really fast over at Understat. Uh, he's actually leading the squad in in Premier League uh, XG right now. What? Which is, yeah. At, <laughs> it's, obviously, we don't have a lot. None of us are scoring that well. But he's at 0.63 XG after two matches, which is amazing okay. for a, a fullback, right? I love yeah. to hear that. Hilariously, Conte is second, so it's just <laughs> All right, really the, sad. The, the Leicester chance would have boosted it, I guess. What's nice, though, if you if you want to really look further, if you look at his XA and XG, he's sitting at a 0.95. So you're getting almost you know, an expected goal or assist from him every match. That's phenomenal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, he's got lots of room. Mount's on his side. He's had uh, Ballistic on his side. We've kept Dave or Espelicueta further back, probably, because we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been going through the left side. so But it, but it's also a, a play, too, Emerson, that he's good enough for utilizing him. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He has had some defensive. Uh, he's not perfect defensively. Most fullbacks aren't. Right. Uh, either you get one that can go forward, or you get one that defends well. He, he's the former, and I think we're going to take advantage of that. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, Phil. I, well, he's not Brazilian, I know, but he, kind of, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it, it's great to see uh, a fellow. Uh, Let's, I know he's Italian, but you know, still. No, no, he, he's born in Brazil. He was he was naturali- he naturalized as Italian because of passports. Because mm. he, you know, in Italy, I think you can only sign one or two non-European Union players Non-Union. per season. So right. he, so his family is Italian, you know, by origin. So he took the passport to 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 uh, over overcome the the quota within Italy and. In this process, he he was doing so well during Roma that he got invited to the Italian national team, and he saw that he wouldn't get a chance to play with Brazil because they already had uh, Felipe Luiz and uh, Alessandro. So he decided, well, I'll play for Italy then, and you know the the rest is history. I mean, Simon spoke about articles. I wrote the article about Emerson because I had been watching him since Santos when he played. Uh, here, but he didn't play a lot, you know. Uh, he played sporadically, so he went to Palermo initially. In Palermo, he had a few good matches, and then he moved to Roma. And in Roma, he basically, you know, he before during that time when we were interested in like, Alessandro back in 2016, 2017, he was supposed to be uh, Alessandro's substitute. Uh, at Juventus, but before he completed the move, you know, before he had the chance, he injured himself, so he couldn't complete the move, you know. Uh, yeah. And during that time, we, you know, Juventus just said, you know, screw you, and told us off to uh, in the in the in the the thing to purchase uh, to purchase uh, uh, Alessandro. So we 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 went on to buy Emerson, who was still recovering from injury. In my view, it's like. As 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 Robert said, he's not very good defensively. He was, I think, he was better when he was at Roma. But then Italy has a, a very different uh, playing style than in England, where uh, tactics that tactics are more influential than than uh, than uh, basically strength and speed, which is the case in England. So he was better positioned to make defensive plays than he was. Uh, uh, then he's at Chelsea, I'd say, and uh, but moving forward, he is that 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 force, you know. And uh, Alonso is a. The problem with Alonso is that he's a specialist. He's a very good wing back, but yeah. to do anything else, he you know he's not good. So he's not a good uh, left back. He can play a centre back, but he's not good as a centre back. I recall talking with uh, Graham. Uh, I mean, two years <laughs> ago, I think, 
where he said that Alonso could be a very good central midfielder, but I mean, maybe he can, but maybe he doesn't do as well uh, there, uh, despite having the tools to be a very good, uh, a very good central midfielder. So you know, he's in the situation where. I mean, I think the only team where he could play is one that plays three midfields, and maybe that will be Inter under Conte, maybe, you know. So he's he's stuck with us, basically. Whereas uh, Emerson, he he was a very good left-back during his years in Italy. He had that ACL injury, if, if I recall correctly. He had to recover from, from, from that. He had to earn his place within the team and now that he's got the place he's going to do everything he can to hold onto it and since his immediate uh, competitor Alonso is not as good as he, he is in the same role I think we'll see Emerson for a long unless of course he begins to suck but I think we'll, we'll see him for a long while as, a, as our left back because he's very solid he's very I mean I was impressed with how he he managed to to handle Ricardo because Ricardo Pereira is a very good right back uh, even though he had that you know that screw up where he almost uh, uh, he almost scored a no goal against uh, against his uh, with a, a back pass to Schmeichel I think was it the in the first half uh, in, in any case but Ricardo is a very good uh, right back and he handled him. Pretty well, I think. Uh, he could have done better, of course, but he, uh, given how how he's not the the, the 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 staple, the defensive staple that is a Juan Fran or a Felipe Luiz, you know, I, I I was I was glad, and I'm glad to see him uh, in such a position within Chelsea. Okay. Yeah. Good one. That was that was a pretty comprehensive assessment on Emerson, who will <laughs> probably be a he will be the best left back in the league. <laughs> oh no no the, the the best left back in the Premier League is someone we will talk about later in this podcast, but uh, uh, I, I'll I'll let always. you guess who when we get there. But yeah, before we move on, let's take a short break. Okay, and we're back. Um, so from talking about two players who will hopefully bring back well bring back we only just won the, the europa league but you know bring more glorious days to chelsea uh we'll be now moving on to a figure who has been brilliant for the club um he's still a very important guy uh f- for us but i think one is able to say nowadays he's in decline at least in that position and that says as uh I know Simon uh, wrote an in-depth statistical analysis of uh, Cesar or Dave. Um, I think yesterday, or was it the day before, something like that? Yeah, it was. It was over the weekend. Um, I, can, mm. I don't remember when David published it, but I think I wrote it on Friday. But yeah. Mm. I mean, I love Dave. You know, he's been a good vice captain. Debate about. Uh, whether he's a good captain, but he's generally been a brilliant servant to the club. He's been the Premier League's best defender for me for several years. And under Conte, he was phenomenal in that three at the back. But ever since that's happened, it's been slowly going downhill for him. And this season, I'm not sure how many goals he was really specifically at fault for, but I read some statistics from Squacker, if I pronounce it correctly, um, from that United game. And bloody hell, um, sorry, uh, it, was, it wasn't, didn't look good. You know, it, it really wasn't good. And I don't know, uh, what, what could we do? Reese James has been hailed as a big part of the team by Lampard on two occasions now. Does Cesar's Pliqueta really belong on the bench well not from now on but very soon uh, as you wrote the article simon do you want to reiterate your point of view sure um as far as whether he belongs on the bench uh obviously it depends on how good james does right um but if he does as expected um and that's even with tame expectations 
uh, you know, I think that transition has to happen. Um, probably, you know, uh, around the winter break, something like that, you know, we get a chance to phase Reese in. You know, the thing is, you know, I, I agree. I love Dave. He's he's fantastic. He's and like you said, he's a he's a perfect vice captain, right? He, he's your VP. He's your your right hand man. He's your wingman. But I again, I, I agree as well on on the leadership um, as a captain and in general on his play. And that's what what the article pointed out was just the, the sheer number of minutes he's played, right? Um, like all the great fullbacks do. Um, they play and they they play and they play and they play and you don't ever sub them out. You don't rotate them much because you need them. And no one has, no one usually has two good fullbacks on the same side in a roster. Um, so they play a lot. You know, Ivanovich did it. Ashley Cole did it. Mm-hmm. You look at a guy like Lamb. Lamb did it. Uh, you know, even the the lesser good ones, but the ones that have been around forever, uh, like Alex Steiner, like um, uh, what's his name at Everton. Same situation. I don't recall his name, but the left back oh. there. Thank you. Um, they just they get they get worn out, right? You know, it's like a car. Your your tires wear. Your your the body of your car wears. You put miles on it, and they put miles on. And Dave's done that. He's and he keeps getting more and more minutes as his career's gone. As he's gone into his prime. Um, you know, the chart that shows that every season he's playing more minutes. Um, and if you watch this year so far, and you saw it a little bit last year, uh, thankfully the way Sari set up the structure. His right back doesn't play as far forward, so we were, that played well into what what Caesar could do. But this year, especially those Man United goals, you know he, his reaction time's a little bit late. Now he's uh, you mm. know caught ball watching a little bit, and the speed is he's a step or two slower than he has been. So when that happens, he tries to recover. I mean, literally, you know, I think it was Pogba. He couldn't catch him. Right? He literally started midfield. He could not catch him. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, that's going to happen. But it was patently aware that he's slower than he has been. Um, and on top of that, you know, he's a great crosser from around the mid-stripe, a little bit in. That's why he did so well with Morata as a, as a right center back. Mm-hmm. He's good at that looping forward ball. Yeah. But he's never been a great crosser from the corner. He doesn't give you that width that, like, St. Emerson does. Um, and especially what last year with William, they just didn't ever sync up well, I thought. Um, and in with Cho, was, with uh, Hudson Ardoy, it was a little better. Um, but again, then he got hurt, right? So we had to go back. And I think just, I think Espilicueta is just, he's on his last legs as far as starters minutes, as far as wanting to press, as far as wanting to play an attacking style of football. If we were a Conte side or a Mourinho side, I think he could still go on fine sit deep, you know, uh, release uh, attacking players for a counter. But mm-hmm. for, for, I guess, what I want to call it, the modern, more modern style of trying to spend more time in the forward half, he's just not going to give it to you. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, do you, I mean, Fel, do you think that Aspie's, I mean, he's been playing every minute of every game for, I don't know how many seasons now. I know it's at least two seasons. Mm-hmm. But, I remember that was the case in the title winning season as well. So, you know, let's just say around three or four seasons he's been playing as much as possible. Yes. So, do, do you think that he's just really burning out big time? I mean, the point about burning out is very solid. It's very, very, you know, it's hard to ignore that. But I think it's also down to him not being a good uh, right back, you know. I know, I know he was good enough to, uh, a good enough right back for us to, to bring him from Marseille back in 2012, but then uh, he really show he he really began to you know shine as a as a left back under Mourinho, and uh, that that inverted uh, that inverted fullback uh, experiment uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's the best way that you can utilize Aspie. Uh, Unless you're doing like Conte did with him, which is uh, that right back, right center back uh, position in a free man, in a free man defense. But then uh, in that free man defense, you know, he he isn't as tested as much as his aerial ability, which is a problem for him, as he showed uh, uh, even 
uh, yesterday against uh, Leicester, where he missed, he completely missed. Uh, and Didi, he had already missed. Uh, I think he was in Didi as well in the first half, where he almost got a goal in a, yeah. in a, in a free kick, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yep. so, you know, uh, I think he's a, he, he, he is slowing down, but it's also down to him not being his best position. He was not very, I, I didn't think he was that good. Uh, last season under under Sahi, even if he was a bit more contained, and this season, even when he's more contained, not as as he was under Sahi, but still he's not performing well. But then it's it, I, I I always look at things like these as a, with a perspective of optimizing things. You know, I I know yeah. he's declining. I know he's he's uh he's he's not doing well, but his next best. Uh, best uh, uh, the next best thing uh, for the position right now is Apa Costa, and I don't want to move forward. <laughs> uh, so, <Please> no. <laughs> yes. So what I think is we should. I mean, I mean, if I if I was if I was Lampard, I would do something to shore up that side where he occupy, which he occupies, which would basically mean like putting Rudiger, Rudiger, who's thankfully. Uh, returning today to to the phone, uh, he's he's go, he's returning to to play matches and stuff. So I would put Rudiger next to him. I would make sure that Kante doesn't drive forward as much as he does from the that right side position until we get you know Reese back, so we can test Reese at the same position, see whether he's better than Aspi, and maybe if he's not as good, we can then you know in the summer address that that thing. But I wouldn't count uh, Aspilicueta out uh, that soon. You know, he's still our captain. He's still a, a loyal, a loyal, a loyal guy. He reminds me. He reminds me a lot of uh, Ivanovic. You know, who had this kind of you know sharp decline uh, yeah. uh, in his in his uh, last two seasons. In his last season, basically, and everyone uh, started to you know, oh, he sucks. He always sucked. That's not the case. You're being very stupid. Sorry for using this kind of language, but you're being very, very, very um, not stupid. Sorry, but you're being very, very uh, forgetful to 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 just say that you know uh, Aspilicueta uh, has always been uh, useless, as I've seen uh, on on some uh, on some medias. No, he's very solid. He's always uh, uh, sorry. He's he's been very solid throughout the years, uh, but he's declining. It's it's a matter of age, of playing time, of the times, you know. It's just just how things is how things are. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh it's it's sad, but it is what it is, I guess. I mean it's it's pretty surprising that his decline has begun at like the age of twenty eight and twenty nine, but yeah. Uh what to do we have we we have to work around it, I guess. Anyway, um looking forward is our game against Norwich City. Hmm. Which is, you know, one of my, um, uh, what is the most politically correct way to put this? <laughs> one of my most, one of my favorite non-Chelsea and Bournemouth teams in the Premier League. Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, Derby <laughs> County. No, wait. <laughs> so uh, the man Norwich... of many allegiances. <laughs> Just call it a guilty pleasure. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good one. That's a good one. So. Norwich actually has, you know, they have some parallels that we can draw to our own club because, listen, before before you dismiss me, Nor Norwich's manager, Daniel Farker, was appointed in the 2017-18 season. And it was either late 2016 or at the beginning of 17-18. But the fact of the matter is they were having an overhaul over there. Obviously, they just gotten relegated and... They were, you know, they had players on big wages, as you do. But basically, they had to, I mean, they didn't have as much financial clout as before. And they had to rebuild, basically, get get players in on free transfers, use young players. And, you know, they took this whole German direction, signed a lot of German players. So basically, you know, their first season in the championship, 17-18, they finished um, 14th, I think. Yeah, they finished. They finished even below Ipswich, who are their bitter rivals. Uh, I think they did anyway. So... Uh, anyway, th that's not where they're meant to be, right? So a, a lot of the fans were, I mean, I saw some fans saying that, you know, may maybe the manager shouldn't, shouldn't be there. But the, the overall sentiment was 
that like I have hopes for Lampard that they saw progress being made at Norwich and then they stuck with their manager and then they absolutely walked the league last season. They were they were brilliant. They play a very expansive, fluid brand of attacking football, which they have brought to the Premier League because I watched them against Liverpool. Fine, I could see some of it. I watched them against Newcastle and it was breathtaking. It was, it was really good. Timo Pukki is a very potent striker who has been overperforming expected goals basically his whole life. And they have one of the best young left-backs in the league who is Jamal Lewis. Do not... Do not at me, as the kids say these days, uh, <laughs> because Jamal Lewis is um, genuinely very good. And I think that, you know, our, our right side is pretty weak, isn't it? And I think we should be wary because Jamal Lewis and uh, whoever plays on their right side, because they interchange like mad, is going to cause us a lot of problems. So we need to shore up and we need to take Norwich more seriously than, you know, we, we might have thought before the season because uh, they mean business. They, they they play they play good football and they will come at us. They won't be afraid and yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. This is what I said last week that none of our opening five games are easy, and yeah, this is just uh, another another one of the challenges. So Simon, have you had the chance to watch Norwich in their opening? Games? Yeah, I, you know, I were watched you lucky them. enough? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Were you lucky enough? Yeah. I actually I watched them against Liverpool, um, and they yeah they. They were not afraid at all, right? I think we all kind of chatted about that on back and about that, and um, it was it was good to see a team that brave, I guess. Uh, obviously, against a side like Liverpool, that you get punished for it. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole match against Newcastle, but I watched the extended highlights, and yeah, that Pookie is he's very technical. You know, he scored with both feet. And uh, he was patient, and he, you know, read the situations really well, and he went to the right spots. And, you know, my first thought was, God, I would love to have a forward like that right now um, mm-hmm. that's still moving that well, and that's, that's a good technical forward. So it's oh, been a his, long his time. movement is so good. You know what he's going to do? He's going to move into those wide spaces, and he's going to cause overloads in there, and that's going to give us help. Anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> But, but he's not what actually scared me the most, um, mm-hmm. although he's really, really good. What scared me is I, I kept seeing them get to that midfield and drive that ball forward, um, not just with a vertical passing like Lester did, but actually dribbling the ball. Um, yeah. And that made me so nervous because, again, watching us against Lester, these big, giant spaces that we kept leaving open, and I see Norwich getting into that middle, and, and having numerical advantage on us, dribbling the ball, patiently looking for opportunities, and then, you know, Pookie being clinical and, and striking. You know, that's it's not Vardy where you, you, he's going to score, but, you know, not nearly as technical as Pookie is. So yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm concerned for the match. I hope we play it like we played Liverpool, to be honest. If we play it like we played Leicester, because it's at Norwich as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a way. So yeah. I'm nervous about the match. Mm. I feel what about you, Fel? agree. <laughs> Fel, what about you? It's difficult because you know you you, so you no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's difficult because uh, I, 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 I we were discussing this previously as well about um, how some of the 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 last two championship teams who won the the, the league. And move move to the Premier League, uh, you know Wolverhampton. They basically reshaped themselves and they became uh, a top mid-table side. While uh, Norwich didn't have the chance to do so, but against these, you know, these minnows, the, these sides who are at their level, uh, like you know Newcastle, maybe even against Leicester, they are expected to do some damage. And they are they, they with these points, they could become this kind of, you know, top mid-table side as well. And one of the ways that they, they do damage, they get their points, is by winning uh, games against clubs like Chelsea, top clubs like Chelsea, who are still finding themselves out, who are still figuring out how they want to play. And then comes uh, a side with a more experienced uh, coach, with uh, better cohesiveness from their, from their players, and they just, you know, smash us. Uh, wouldn't say you know smashes in the same regard as United, but they 
do the that the, the famous mesh and grab you know one goal one zero they held they 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 ha they hold on, onto that advantage until until the final whistle and you know we were we are left with no points on the table i mean it's the the obvious fear because uh, maybe taking taking on what we've showed thus far from preseason from these from these that the these first official matches under under Lampard and even the quotes from the players we are still figuring ourselves out while these sides are more experienced they have more time to to even if they are uh, you know below us in terms of quality in squad and everything else i think we have to pay great attention to to quote something that quote the county love to to say to you know uh to like um not let them uh, take what they want, which is that smash and grab, you know, that one, that one goal advantage that they will hold on to forever and we won't be able to recover it, especially when we are playing at their home, which is basically, which is probably the fortress. And uh, I, I recall we played against them a while back, didn't we? Like in the Premier League. I don't recall when. I think it was like, maybe it was 2011. I do recall it was a very, very, you know, very tough game. I, I don't recall whether we we uh, won against them or not, but it, it wasn't like an easy trip, you know. So I, expect... I remember that Grant Holt scored the first goal. Yeah, but you know, so <laughs> yeah, but I I don't expect us to you know uh, to to to. Uh, to have a, a, an easy an easy uh, an easy travel that's the that's the issue here um, it's it's one side that will basically I, I, I think we it will occupy that mid table that mid table uh, place in the in the Premier League and uh, you know we you should just see whether or not we'll we'll be able to to overcome that kind of difficulty I hope we do of course. Didn't we also play them in the League Cup two years ago and really struggled, right? We had to... Yeah, because, yeah. because they had yeah. an amazing attacking yes. trio of James Madison, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Pritchard, and uh, someone else who I'm forgetting. But yeah. No, Jamal, that was Jam Jamal, though, right? Jamal Lewis played in that game, and Jamal the manager really. was the same. So, yeah, so I... we saw them in both stages of their... I mean, we're going to see them in both stages of their transition. I'd really like to say, ah, James Madison, but after yesterday, <laughs> I, I, I'm i not sure I can anymore because he really was that good. Uh, I don't want to go into detail about the Leicester City players' performance, but he, he really was very good for them and he gave us a lot of problems. So maybe we should, or I specifically should heed your warnings about these Le uh, Leicester, sorry, Norwich players. Uh, Norwich yes. players. Uh, so, um, I mean, there's not much else to say for me. I, I, I can only concur with uh, the words of uh, advice and, you know, the um, warnings that you've given. Uh, you know, no, no teams, an easy team to play against nowadays in the Premier League. And if we're going to just go to brief, like one sentence or only a few words, predictions, for the game at the weekend, I'd have to go with a win because it has to come at some point, but it's going to be pretty close. So I'll go with a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Um, Simon? Um, I would be happy at this point with a, probably a 2-2 draw, but obviously I want us to win. Um, I'll go a 3-2 win. I don't think we're going to win scoring less than that. Mm, okay. Wow. Fell. I'd say I I'd say the same thing as you did, like two one win for us. I mean, I think we'll we'll uh, despite my my reservations, I think Puki will score. He will remain the 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 one goal scorer for Norwich, which he has been thus far. But we'll find a way to you know squeeze some goals out because uh you know we have we'll have one week's rest. We'll have a. a, a I, I I hope we'll have like Rudiger back, so uh, they will menace us a lot, like Leicester did. But I think we'll be we'll take 
better care of our chances and will score more than they did than they, than they do you know that's basically my prediction 2-1 for us all right so okay uh, another 2-1 uh gonna end things off with ram who then also uh, yeah um yeah end the podcast yeah my oh wait i mean what, what is your prediction jimmy <laughs> i already gave it uh, so a 2-1 win all right okay okay everyone everyone is just okay yeah cool um my prediction is we will win 3-2 and uh bookie will score for them as will emiliano buendia but tammy abraham will bang in a hat trick for us so we will win <laughs> so, i'm sure everyone agrees and everyone wants that to happen even the part about buendia scoring but yeah <laughs> let's um, on that note let's uh call it a day on this edition of we and gotna podcast it's it's our third episode isn't it yeah it's our third episode yep. and it's been pretty good so far i'd say and it's it's been really good to have a member of the community come on today um simon so thanks thanks for coming thank you appreciate it definitely enjoyed yeah. it so it was a good time and, uh fell always always glad to have you here uh, keeping me on my feet you know keeping my feet <laughs> on the ground <laughs> it's my pleasure <laughs> uh do you do you do you guys want to plug your social media handles or i know simon you might want to plug in your blog so why not start with you sure uh my twitter handle robert at robert and hansen uh my website dadmetrics.com uh definitely check that out obviously i i put up articles from time to time on wagon as well so okay what about you fell well you can follow my twitter which is felmich which is f f e double l m i e m i r sorry uh but you know it's uh, you should expect a lot of economical tweets as well <laughs> because that's also <laughs> what i do for a living so uh, don't mind that i will throw out some football opinions for you to to read as well don't mind that yep so those are our special guests um yeah as always um it's been great and let's see you on the next edition of we and godno podcast this is us signing off see ya